0: I'm sure you know the, the story of Joe Magarak. He never called a day off sick, sometimes worked 24 hours. He used to dip his fingers in the molten steel and taste it to make sure the steel was ready. Magarak, apparently in Hungarian, means jackass. Interestingly enough, we actually might have some people in our presence tonight who, who once worked in a steel mill, am I correct? Do we have people here who remember... Dan, did you work in a steel mill? My mother grew up in a a steel family. Her mother worked in the steel mill. She was a crane operator in World War II. And uh, her father worked in the steel mill. He actually fell in front of a train and got his leg cut off. So she hated steel mills and steel workers. All I can remember is my grandfather walking funny and uh, telling all the kids in the neighborhood, my grandfather has a wooden leg. And they'd all want to run over and, uh, hey, he does not have a wooden leg. So come on, we'd knock on his leg. And uh, see, I told you, did you see that movie? Um, I think it was called Memento, where somebody was suffering from memory loss. Like each scene was a flashback. So they, they basically told the story backwards. Well, everybody in Western Pennsylvania has memory loss. So this story is going to be told backwards as well. Uh, the last line of the song because I like to skip to the end of a story to make sure it's worth getting to the last line of the song is did I ever tell you about Joe Magarac Forty years across the desert, never knowing our next meal. Or forty years of labor underneath the pharaoh's heel. My dad was gone before I woke. My mom's just getting home. I thought I had a clean shirt Damn, I'm late I've gotta go And I don't feel like I slept 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 slept. I had a story for each scar upon my hands I could bore you with the details But you'd never understand Bait the lure with the dollar bills Into the trap we stepped Let me know on payday if the covenant was kept And I I I don't feel like I slept I don't feel like I slept I don't feel like I slept I don't feel like I slept
1: Boy, that gets a little crazy. Big shout-out to everybody listening in. Tune in to QSJRadio.com. Home of the Unsigned Artists. I got Robert Wagner from The Little Wretches with me. And that was my own version of going backwards. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know you were like, what is he doing? But I, I, I did want to uh, get that intro out there because it really means a lot in how I uh, dissected my own version of how this album is if you guys didn't know uh robert and the crew of the little wretches which they already have a big history chart topping in uh itunes they just released an album this july 1st it's a live acoustic album um and they did it uh live at the matrix factory and uh the songs. is songs from the land of Pipples and poker machines can you tell me a little bit about this album and
2: uh, well you're asking about the title of the album well or,
1: just you know because
2: if you've ever uh the the world the world i grew up in you know western pennsylvania it really doesn't exist anymore it's changed so much uh you know I, most people when i guess when they think of Pittsburgh, they think of the
1: Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers or yep. you know, something like that. That's not but, why I'm wearing uh, yellow. That's not
2: why. Oh, because <laughs> yeah, you, you got the matching colors. I'm wearing Cowboys blue.
1: Oh my God, uh, get off my right. show already! No, yeah, let me stop. Yeah. Let me stop.
2: <laughs> but uh, the, you know, my, my my family, my mother's side of the family, came to the United States. Okay, you know to you know for to seek opportunity and to be entrepreneurs and make something of themselves but they ended up uh you know working in the steel industry and that's that's pretty much what Pittsburgh was it was a like a magnet for people all around the world who wanted to work and even my dad who grew up in a kind of a legendary community called the Hill District uh if you ever saw the old show Hill Street Blues yep. Hill Street Blues was was written about the Hill District, you know, so it was a a very, uh, very vibrant community. But my dad was said to have a Mississippi accent, because all the people in his neighborhood moved to Pittsburgh from Mississippi. So, uh, so, you know, we're, we're a real you know, I'm 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 a real Pittsburgher, but there hasn't been steel in Pittsburgh, R- real steel. You know, it used to be you go up and down the rivers, and that's all there was—steel. Was it would be, and and they were like huge, like the great pyramids. You know, I've never been to Egypt, I've never seen the great pyramid, I can only imagine they, they, you know, these huge, magnificent things. Uh, and then they all rusted and went away. Uh-huh. So when, when uh, well, okay, I'm. I, I don't want to digress too much.
1: No, it's okay. I, at, it's, at, it's...
2: at one point in my musical career, <laughs> okay. I had to stoop to take a day job. Okay, and I was working for Carnegie Museums, and you know, Carnegie Museums pretty pretty prestigious organization. And my grandmother mentioned that she she believed she was the first female crane operator in the history of United States Steel. So, mm. using my you know I. Using my Carnegie Museum's identification, I called down to United States Steel and asked if I could go through their archives to see if I could find any evidence that indeed my grandmother was the first female crane operator. And uh, I was chatting to somebody down there, and he told me that he knew the steel industry was done, I think, in 1968 because he was in the accounting department. And he saw that they did not allocate any money for renovations in the steel mills it's like oh well mm-hmm. y- if you're not renovating then what does that mean that means as far as you're concerned we're gonna play out the string and then it's done so at some point in the mid 70s you know the steel industry just it was be like somebody turned off the faucet and uh and then in so you know the, the steelers nation is everywhere because everybody in pittsburgh moved i think two-thirds of the population had to leave because there were no jobs. And the people who stayed were either too sick to leave, too crazy to leave, too stubborn to leave, you know. Uh so if you could imagine, uh, you know, none of the municipalities have any money. So where there used to be a paved road, the asphalt's come up and underneath there's the bricks and there's grass growing up through the bricks. And, you know, there's some kid, you know, in a you know, T shirt you know, a strapless T-shirt walking down the street, talking on a cell phone, smoking a cigarette, pushing push a baby stroller because he's got to run to the corner store to pick up some some <laughs> Pampers for his girlfriend. And his girlfriend's in the front yard fighting with the neighbor, uh, <laughs> you know, it, the it, urban
1: it, community. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so,
2: I mean, you've never see, uh, seen you know, everybody has a pit bull because their status associated with it and, you know, they wow. they, they, they can protect your house. And the poker machines thing is, uh, you know, a lot of bars that used to make money off of working men who'd come in when they're done have a shot in a beer you got to have like amusements to generate some money so all the yeah. bars ha- have poker machines and then it turns out even though they're illegal the poker machines are run by the police you know uh now, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rat it out but it's well known that some of the communities around <laughs> pittsburgh the, like the <laughs> local mayors and the local chief of police they all own all those poker machines wow. and you know people in there spending their paychecks trying to trying to hit it rich so that's why it's called pitbulls and poker machines. the songs from the land of pit bulls and poker machines
1: so if you guys didn't get all that it's all good this is going to be available for podcasts later on and it, the thing is little wretches dropped an album live at the matches factory an amazing thing um you've been doing this a, a long time now i'm a little confused there's so many stories of how little wretches started but i gotta go back when you were at college and one of your late friends, which, uh, you know, I think he, it, it, to me, what I'm gathering is that that was the musician that put you on to everything and you went for it.
2: Oh, man. Well, I, I was really into music before this, but I just didn't think it was realistic. You know, to play in a band, you have to be able to get along with people. Yeah. You know, I hated everybody and everything. Yeah, so i no way I'm going to be able to play in a band. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I can't sing that well. I can't play that well. I didn't think I could anyhow. And uh, I didn't know it. You know, I was into like radical politics and stuff. I was like one of those campus radicals. And and my roommate, whose name was John Creighton, he uh, that's how he and I met. And it wasn't until we were already roommates that I found out that he was a musician. And uh, me and some of our other friends, we went to hear him play. It's like, this guy's incredible and then you know people who know me know that i'm a cancer survivor I, yes. I had a summer job when i was in college uh delivering pizzas and every time i got out of the car i felt like somebody was punching me in the stomach like oh you know this doesn't mm-hmm. feel right and then i found this little lump on a friday wow. and by monday it had tripled in size I was like oh th- this is not the way things are supposed to be so uh you know somebody else said well uh, you should go to the emergency room. Next thing I know, I'm getting, being looked at by medical students, and this is back before the days of cell phones. I'm trying to call people, say, "Hey, I'm in the hospital. I'm in the hospital." Nobody, nobody was around to answer the phone. I was in surgery 24 hours later, and nobody even knew I was in the hospital. Wow! And uh, I had just by you know the grace of God, the oncologist, you know, the cancer doctors yeah. that I got were on the cutting edge of the research. They were just really young, sharp guys. And the type of cancer that I had, this is like non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, would have been considered fatal at the time. You know, it was a death yeah. sentence. But these guys were like, oh no, we know this new treatment. It's like 90% effective. It's going to work. And uh, and it did. But, you know, not knowing, you know, if I was going to make it or not, one night, uh, me and my buddy, my roommate, you know, we're we were at a place called the squirrel hill cafe and uh we just looked at each other and said gotta start a band and and he was you know so he was a great <laughs> singer so he'd be the singer i'd be the writer i'd play the guitar and he'd do his thing and and uh, it just so happened punk rock was starting yeah and, uh you know you know most people when when you think of punk rock you think of the styles but what really it was really a, it was like early hip-hop yes it, it, you, you could it was not uh just one thing it, it was a million things all you had to do is bring bring something to the party you know you're bringing something to the table if uh you know if you have the nerve to get up on stage get up on stage and uh so that that gave me a couple of years to figure out what i was good at and what i figured out you know i'm, I'm, I'm a good songwriter i kind of have to sing my own songs you know i i the my big thing that i try to Convey to people: so I'm really a teacher. I teach through stories. I tell stories through songs, hmm. and uh, I created the Little Wretches because my my music doesn't make any sense anywhere. We don't fit into anybody's box.
1: Uh, <laughs> True story, so, I tell you that. Man. You
2: know, so I got a you know I started this band with my little brother, uh, and John Creighton helped out as well in the early versions of the band, uh, but I started it. So that, you know, my songs would have a context so I could, you know, I could do what it is that I've always wanted to do. And and I've never stopped. That's uh, their bands had some high high points and low points, but I've I've always kept it afloat.
1: And we're talking uh, a little ways away. If you guys didn't know, uh, the start of a punk rock was very, very late 70s into the 80s. Um, You guys released a, a single. And, you know, I think those days were kind of like cassettes, maybe a a track. The CD, I think, was not an invention yet. Like, how were you Uh, getting your songs out there? How were you getting your songs out there? Well,
2: you know. It, in, in some ways you know, it was easier to be an independent artist back then. i mean it was, it's it's always expensive right you know it always rich kids always have the advantage cuz you know mommy and daddy will pay for it and you yeah. can live in their basement you know we 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 were you know we were working kids we didn't have anybody going to give us anything but we found out that uh you know here's a studio that we could go to uh a couple of guys in the band knew how to get microphones we actually set up uh our drummer grandmother had died or something. So we in her abandoned house, in her empty house that was for sale. Wow. That was our recording studio. They the the video? Oh my
1: god. Uh, Those are like oh, classic pics now. That's like okay, go ahead. I'm just thinking about this. But
2: but but we uh you know we, we recorded it and then found a manufacturer that makes you know vinyl forty five yeah. so we made the forty five and and literally back then you could go into like one of the big Uh, radio stations in pittsburgh like the npr type station in pittsburgh is called wyep yeah you could basically go into yep the door would be unlocked you could walk in hand your 45 your your 45 rpm record to the guy who was you know the dj and he would play it on the spot you know things were that open and you know if you booked a gig out of town Well, one, okay, these guys have a record. They obviously, whether I like it or not, they're serious about what they're doing. Oh, they're booking gigs out of town. They're serious about what they're doing. So, you know, you were treated with respect. You know, making a record puts you in the next league. Booking gigs out of town puts you in the next league. Um, As time went on, uh, technology, you know, people anywhere in the world right now can get my music, but you know, any twelve year old with a laptop can make a, a record that sounds like a Grammy Award winner. Yeah, right. You know. So there's just so much more stuff out there to compete with. Uh but, you know, the the good news is is anybody seeking ye shall find. Anybody who's looking, sooner or later, we're out there, they're gonna find us. You know?
1: If you guys didn't know, we're talking to Robert Wagner from The Little Wretches and we're talking history because the thing is it's like it doesn't stop. The grind doesn't stop the search for someone to take us serious, take a musician serious, does not stop. We're also talking and discussing the live acoustic album um, that dropped uh, just about twelve to thirteen days ago. I've been listening to it every day. There's songs in here, and one of them, um, I'm remember, I'm going, I'm going to get back to. <laughs> my own little, you know, I love the way it's 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 uh, set up uh, in 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 concert mode. That's what that's what I believed. I felt like I was listening to a whole concert. Um, um, so many stories, and then all of a sudden, I hear mother of three. Oh my. Okay, so the Mother of Three thing, uh, you know, just off of the title and how direct you are with your writing, I already knew it was going to be a deep story. Um, I'm going to go ahead, I'm going to take a break, but my breaks are usually right to the music. I'm going to go ahead into Mother of Three right here, starting from the intro. This is off the Little Wretches uh, new uh, album. I'm going to post it on the link for those who are watching live. Well, that's the wrong song. Yeah.
0: My sister came to hear us on Mother's Day, and uh, she was saying that she remembers more about my life growing up than she does about her own, because I was clearly my mother's favorite, and the whole world revolved around me. And my poor sister got nothing but a hard time ever, and... uh, she had her, her first baby when she was young, and her entire life has been spent uh, taking care of other people. And sometimes she looks at me and she, she tells me how lucky I am because I get to go all over the place and play my guitar. And, you know, I know all these interesting people and I do all these interesting things. And all she does is change diapers. But this is, this is literally almost like I should give my sister royalties for this because half the lines in this song are straight from her mouth. to see that there was trouble but everybody told us it's a natural phase I was already carrying our first child, I could see what was headed our way our friends our preachers, our parents too, well I'm not gonna say they didn't care they said that's life you'll learn, you'll see, I think I've seen more than my share I never was a wide eyed girl as a kid. I saw every possibility through. But there was so much I couldn't anticipate. And once it happens, it's hard to undo. They tell me I'm young, I should grow up and get real. The world does not revolve around me. Why is everybody so easily pleased Or maybe the problem is me A mother of three What have I done I look at myself and wonder what I've become Nothing in life is what I hoped it would be Look at me now I'm a mother of three That husband of mine is not a bad man, he does his best, I mean, it's not his fault It's not like I found anyone better than any other woman worth half a salt Would know how lucky I am to have all this I've never been deprived Is it too much to ask, to want to know how it feels, to be loved, to be alive? Mother of three, what have I done? I look at myself and wonder what I've become. Nothing in life is what I hoped it would be. Look at me now, I'm a mother of three. Now my oldest is selling candy for school, my youngest is still learning to crawl, and the one in the middle never cries or complains, she's the most like me of them all. But when's it ever gonna be my turn, never, my turn was not meant to be, I don't need another reminder. That the world does not revolve around me Mother of three, what have I done? I look at myself and wonder what I've become Nothing in life is what I hoped it would be Look at me now, a mother of three Mother of three, what have I done? I look at myself and wonder what I've become Nothing in life is what I hoped it would be Look at me now, I'm a mother of three
1: Oh, my gosh. I love that song. I got to do the DJ thing. <laughs> so uh, I got a, a friend of mine in Canada, and he says, I can jam to this for hours. He's, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's somewhere out there in Canada. Yeah,
2: me too. Me too.
1: I can too. <laughs> uh, very, very, very lovely song. I kind of fell so many influences there um but being a brother and writing about your sister is i i think people don't understand it's almost kind of like your first love like you know the protection that you have for your sibling and and, and things like that Uh, sorry to the only kids out there watching uh but it's something about that that brother and sister love that's you know, it could be really crazy or it could be really close. Um, what was it that made you uh, write about your sister?
2: Oh, man. Well, this this particular batch of songs, you know, I, I was saying before we came on the air, that, uh, you know, most of my recordings are with a big, you know, rocking band, but most of my actual performances are acoustic, you know, me singing and playing harmonica, and sometimes a guitar player, sometimes a violin player. Uh, So I wanted to write songs that would make, you know, make more sense. You know, when you're playing in a loud place, a lot of background music, uh, you know, people aren't really hanging on every word, but when you're playing in a solo, intimate setting like that, and people are really listening, you can really, you know, you can hit them with the truth. And so uh, when I started writing that kind of music, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the basics here. Honor thy mother and father, you know, writing mm-hmm. songs about my grandparents, my parents, my friends and family, you know, the people around me. I have some great songs about my dad, great songs about my brother. Uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, in, People have always been telling me, regardless of what we sounded like. You know, we started out in the punk rock world, but we're we're always we're basically a folk group. You know, we're telling the story of our people. I'm telling the story of my people, uh, using whatever tools I have it, at my disposal. I'm taking what I've learned and trying to pass it on to somebody else. And my my sister, uh, it, there there's uh, probably the most famous playwright from pittsburgh is august wilson you know people can see i think right now ma rainey's black bottom is on netflix uh fences came out a couple of years ago directed by uh denzel washington uh august wilson you know really powerful writer from pittsburgh who, whose history is a little similar to mine in the at a certain point he stopped going to school he uh he had an incident at school you know snap maybe hit a kid and then just never went back he'd get up and leave the house in the morning like he was going to school yeah and then go to the library or go to the park and you know he's always had his little notebook and he and he was always writing and and giving voice to to his people his community and and that's a lot of what i've done is i've taken you know i hear people that sometimes it's not i feel like it's not my story to tell But if I don't tell it who will, you know, my sister's never going to write it down. My sister's never going to write a song. When I heard her say, you know, the world doesn't revolve around me like, man, well, for your kids, it sure does, though, Uh, you know, and she would look at me and be jealous of me like you have brought life into this world. You know, you you are doing the hardest, most important job, but raising your kids, there is no job more important than that. What I'm doing is like an amusement, you know. I'm not like, jing, 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 ah, oh, come on, uh, <laughs> you know. There's nothing more important than raising your family and taking care, of the, taking care of your loved ones, and um, I'm jealous of her, you know. That's that's the real truth. Uh, so, so why did I do it? I just love my sister, and, I, that, and I'm sure a lot I, of people are, are in her boat, you know.
1: And You know what? Uh, that made me even want to go and talk to my sister. You know, I had <laughs> one of those little millennial arguments with her where she chose her friends over family and i was like you know what let me let me let me go say hi well, can
2: i, I tell you a story yeah 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 okay okay well, I, again, I love you your stories yeah <laughs> when, when i was in college um when i was a freshman there was a guy who was a senior i was in this special program and you know that i was again by the grace of god I, I was in this special program where you worked at your own pace you studied whatever you wanted to study and people like me who are into writing, you know, we've got, got a lot of encouragement. So I'm a freshman and a kid who's a senior is having his first book of poetry come out. So obviously I idolize him because someday I'm going to have a book of poetry come out. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, years later, I bump into him on the street and I ask him how he's doing. And he's telling me about his kids. And like, Man, I think, you know, I'm glad you have kids, but I'm interested in your writing. You're like the first person real poet that i've ever known come on tell me ab- so i said to him oh well that's good well tell me about your work and he said well what i've come to understand is that raising my kids is my work
1: mm.
2: you know and mm. okay you know wow. eye opener eye opener and i and i try to you know remind that to people along the way that's that's your job in life oh you know i wish i was an artist i wish i was doing so and your biggest impact will be through your children you know so love them care for them and uh guys that abandon their kids cuz i also work with at risk kids wow ooh, ooh that's uh that's you know cool. i say one common thread for the kids that i work with is is that their dads uh didn't uh, didn't stick around and deliver for them so uh man men women do not lay down with men who will abandon you Men, take care of your children. Take care of your women. Uh, you know True The story. world is, it's not too late. You can do it.
1: True story. Rob, have have you raised a family?
2: No, no. Well, one of the, you know, this is getting a little on the personal side here, but one of the consequences <laughs> so... of having cancer when I did uh, oh, man. Is, is I haven't been able to father children as a result of the surgery that I had. Uh, there's, you know, I don't want to get into the whole biology of it, but uh basically the
1: That made you sterile
2: <laughs> yeah yeah and they told they told me about it too as you know before the surgery the big surgery you know we're like they, they basically they, they put dye in your system so it turns out because the the cancer travels through your lymph system. So they put dye they i had to sit there for hours while i dripped dye into my toes and then they cut me open from like Chest to groin, and took out all my guts, and picked out all the little blue dots, and then tested each one to see if it was cancerous. And they told me that in the process of this, they're going to cut the nerves that tell my my, where my brain tells my parts to produce, you know, sperm. So it's like, oh well, I'm not going to be able to father a child. And you know, when I'm 19 years old, it's like that's I just. I'll choose to yeah, live. Yeah, you know, thank yeah. you very much. And so, yeah, but we we it's one, you know, we have to tell you and two, you might feel differently when you get older. And like, well, yeah, uh I'm still glad I'm alive. Uh and then, you know, I don't have kids of my own, but I I put a lot of time and effort into teaching, and counseling and uh uh working with with kids. And he, you know, my dad grew up without. I think I, I inherited some of this from my own father. My father i think his da- dad died when he was nine or maybe when he was five but he grew up without his father and my dad was always if there was a kid in the neighborhood who didn't have a father my dad kind of took him under his wing you know uh my dad was great with kids and i i think i picked that up with him. i, I get along yeah. with better with kids than i do with adults
1: yeah we the we all kind of do that <laughs> shout out to everybody and you know um you know sorry to hear that sorry if i got too personal but nah, it's
2: not too personal but, it's just kind of kind of because everybody wants to know you know especially the kids i work with is you know
1: why don't you have any
2: kids you're know, like well you know it's it's then, a long story wow. because because you know i'm from an older generation i'm a little bit insensitive you know i know what i would think if there's a middle-aged man that doesn't have kids he's probably gay and it's like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but no, man, I'm not gay. I have, you know, I've been married and, uh, you know, having children has just not been part of my, uh, life story. It wasn't, uh, wasn't in the cards for me.
1: But you taking care of a lot of kids, that's try, something try. that some, <laughs> that's something that a lot of people, uh, can't do. And we appreciate you that, and I say, "We, because I know that there's so many children out there that would would have loved an uncle or or a Robert around so and uh we appreciate that. just let you guys know you guys know how I do it, all right. I gotta get into these conversations. I'm sorry, Robert is over here taking over my show today the little wretches just dropped an album make sure you guys are downloading that right now it's on spotify you guys did do something magical on itunes which was was itunes new for you when you put albums out on there and you guys kind of topped the charts over there oh
2: man yeah well i'm not sure how how we ended up you know i think i've had now two songs be number one on the folk rock uh, charts. Nice in the in the country of nice. South Africa, you know. But but whatever whatever the case, I, I don't even know how it works. Uh, back when we were, you know, the technology was changing. Uh, you know, when we started out, it was cassettes and vinyl LPs, and then we had to, you know, make a decision: Are we going to, you know, because. All the money we're making, we're reinvesting into the band. Are we going to make vinyl LPs or are we going to make CDs? Uh, Okay, so now we're doing CDs. And and as soon as, you know, the streaming and downloading came into the picture, put, you know, put CDs out. You know, kids, kids will look at me and say, they'll look, they'll look at my uh, music collection. And I'm like, you paid for that. You know, you can get that for free. Like, look, I'm a collector. Thank you very much. And my collection is a reflection of me. Yeah. And yes. by purchasing the music, I am supporting the artist. By streaming the music, you are stealing from the artist, but that's the way it works. You're not really stealing anymore. But, but, but you don't make, I don't make much off of a stream, but I make a little bit off of a download. I make about 80% of, uh, you know, if, if somebody spends 99 cents to download a song. I'll probably make 75 cents there, you know. Uh, so I'll take 75 cents over a fraction of a penny that I get from a stream. Uh, but now, but now everything's in the, you know, we're in the game. You know, we, we, somehow people on the other side of the world can find us. We're a click away for anybody on the planet.
1: And that is magical. Cause I started yeah. viewing uh, some of the content. If you guys didn't know, you guys can go to thelittlewretches dot com, and uh, they got all their information there. If you guys want to post anything that they post on there, Poland, people from Africa, Asia. Yeah, yeah. What oh, man, is, well, I mean, this is getting in days, crazy.
2: In uh, in CDs, you know, like we we had, you know, we we're, we're, were an independent record label, so. You know, we're finding who who can we send stuff to. And and you'll see there was a kid in Hungary who was making a hand typed fancy, not even with a computer, with an old fashioned typewriter. And you know, we he sends us copies of the magazine in the mail. Like, oh, anybody speak Hungarian? It looks like a good review. I wonder <laughs> what it's... I see it says Lennon and McCartney, so he's probably comparing us to the Beatles. Okay. Uh, yes. It, you know, that's that's like... We, we have uh, a review in Greek. Uh, one of our old drummers uh, is, is of Greek heritage, so his, his father translated that for for us. Uh, but, it, yeah it's really cool that's really yeah special. and japan uh there, there's a kid from japan who like every couple of years he writes me again just in case i forgot he's trying to get the original sleeve the, the record cover for the first vinyl 45 Singer. that we put out what and, like, and they just don't exist anymore wow. you uh gotta they don't get exist it. anymore you know i if i had one i would give it to yeah. you but i don't even have one <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I guess you know collectibles. If they have all the original artwork, they're a little more valuable.
1: Oh my! Big shout out to everybody listening. We're talking to Robert Wagner from the Little Wretches. Uh, like I said, you guys can go to littlewretches dot com. You can actually see their fan base and the, the the loyalty that they have. It's like they're just standing by waiting for stuff. It's 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 amazing to have that so long from the eighties to now the 2000s yeah, yeah. the whole world looks like it's going backwards i mean <laughs> we can get radical if you want um but have have some of these recent events especially with um pandemic and 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 of course you know people kind of people are reading too much I'm, does that sound like fair like well i think they're really you know,
2: look it. man i think I, i'm a little bit of a religious person you know they say all all things work together for good ultimately you know i saw a quote from ben carson talking about some of the political radicalism that exists right now uh, a battle's going to be fought that needs to be fought learning is going to take place progress is going to take place uh, that otherwise might not have taken place uh, the pandemic uh, for me was a little bit of a blessing because I i had to you know I'm at a crossroads here. Uh I it gave me the opportunity. The first thing I did with that first six hundred dollar stimulus check that I got from Donald Trump <laughs> and I sent some old recordings out to get mastered. You know, I said, okay, I've been sitting sit- I've been sitting on these records uh, unreleased <laughs> well now they're going to be released uh um, and and okay i can't tour but neither can garth brooks nobody can tour so it levels the playing yeah. field yeah and and so for me it was a little bit of a blessing a work to my advantage and uh you know right now uh you got to be careful uh I don't know if you're old enough to remember the days of newspapers, daily newspapers. Yeah, yeah, newsprint. yeah, definitely. Okay. definitely well, I mean, I, and- I would read the newspaper every day, but I would read the sports, the comics, and the horoscope. Yep. And I would look at the headlines. Yeah, just look but, at it. Yeah, but the, the letters to the editor section were usually written by people with very passionate points of view. Uh, So you you know there was there was tendency to be a little bit of extremism in the letters to the editor, but now with social media, uh, anybody can spout their opinion off with with no investment at all. Basically, I type my idea, I zoom it out there. Uh, So what we're seeing is just a bunch of loud mouths. In my in the data of my ordinary life, I see a lot of people get al- getting along with each other, a lot of harmony, a lot of problem solving, a lot of love, a lot yep. of humor, yep. people really doing their best. And then I look at what I, you know, I look at the news and say, wait a second, the world that they're describing is not the world that I live in. Yep. Uh, and I've, I had somebody say to me, watch, well, are you going to believe me or are you going to believe your lying eyes? Like, well. I'm going to believe my lion eyes, thank you very much. Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, I I know I know that things exist outside of my purview, but uh, I think uh, things are people get along way better than it appears that they do. And 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 for the
1: and it's so um, crazy, and not to cut you off, but you know, I've been in the service for 21 years. I have been working with the. The farmer kid that didn't want to be a farmer when he grew up, the rich kid that didn't want to inherit everything that his dad had, the kid that came from another country. I've been doing this. Uh, it's just exactly what you're saying. I do not work or see the world that they see.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, well, you know, when I was in college, I, I mentioned that I was like a one of the campus
1: radicals. You know. Yes. And, you know, and back in the day uh, you guys didn't like us
2: <laughs> well uh, what i've come to you know when i was a freshman you know in college what what the other freshman was a, a an older dude who was in a wheelchair he, he was a veteran and you know he would just kind of laugh at us and say you don't know you've never been out of the country everybody wants what we have they love us they wish they lived here uh but there's no convincing you, you'll find out for yourself. And, uh, in, in, you know, in my lifetime, I've c- kind of gone to see, like, one of the things I, I ask people that, that differ with me, uh, is don't tell me what you're against. Tell me what you're for. Mm-hmm. What do you want? And you'd find out then that, that, that narrows a lot of conflict. It's like okay, what is it that you really want? Well, you wish that poor people had better lives. Well, I wish that poor people had better lives. You wish that sick that sick people had access to medicine. Oh, I wish that sick people had access to medicine. We 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 want the same things. So all this division, you know, let's face it, people make make money off of clicks. Click 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 click, click every click, time clicks somebody clicks time on a story, ka uh, so 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 the, the social media is going to fan the flames of, of hostility. I, I just think that hostility is fake. I think uh, the problems that we have are problems that we can solve. And and if, if we're the luckiest people on earth, you know, that we could. The things we complain about. Oh, man. Imagine if you were uh, in Cuba right now. You, you would trade places with yes. us in a second.
1: Yes, true story. Oh, my gosh. I always try to say it, but then it's like I kind of like delete my messages um, that people are mad at the wrong things. We have so much in common but it's it's like your division is uh, and, and, and I'm not taking away, this is not Robert speaking, this is me. Um, we have the same goals just It's viewed differently in a way that doesn't make sense. In both sides. And I don't even know what both sides are. We're all humans. We're all trying to survive. We're all trying to have a pizza on Mars. I don't get it. Like, I want want a pizza on Mars, anyways. Yeah, yeah, well...
2: (laughs) for me that would be a one-way trip so you can go to mars <laughs> man i'm gonna stay here i'll have my pizza down here on earth but i want not i'm not going to mars unless i can come back
1: you know yeah true story yeah that yeah, too
2: i'm a little too old i to, take order to
1: mars. Yeah. um Robert- yeah, well,
2: but that's the the thing for the young people that are getting into activism now i know for me uh some of the skills that i acquired as a radical act, campus activist are skills that i employ now as an entertainer and as a writer you know i learned how to do things i learned how to solve problems i learned how to do research so all those all those kids uh that are involved in stuff now they're like, oh what's wrong with them well, nothing's wrong with them that's where they are at this point in their lives five years ten years twenty years they'll they'll uh, this, this will have been a great learning experience for them and a you know, as long as nobody gets hurt, you know, I'd encourage them. Don't don't throw any Molotov cocktails. I I do tell you <laughs> that's a bad idea, bad idea. Uh, but, you know, they're going to learn from it, and and I think the the struggle is going to make the country better. You know, people are going to because because now you can't turn your head away. You got to solve the problem
1: seriously. Uh, yeah, I got I I went deep into uh the album. And I I got up to uh, All My Friends, and I kind of felt like that was a a turnaround. um, You guys guys probably hear this like I'm hearing it, but we'll see. Little Wretches, All My Friends. We're going to include the intro because, like I said, this is an acoustic album, the feel of a concert. You guys got to go ahead and download this. If it plays. Uh (laughs) No, I got it. Hold on. Big shout out to everybody listening and tuning in to QSJRadio.com. Home and unsigned artists? All my friends. All right. Third time is a charm, I think.
2: Yeah, I almost have the intro memorized. So if you can't get it to work, (laughs) I I can do it.
1: Go ahead. Intro. <laughs> all, right.
2: all right. Well, I don't remember what the what the opening. Uh, hold line on, hold is. on.
1: Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. I got it. Oh my gosh! Are you playing me right now? I have the whole album. All right. Maybe. Uh, maybe I got to do something. But anyways, tell us about all my friends.
2: Well, you, you know, I I could get. I could do a dissertation about every two lines of all of my friends. Uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm literally from what would be considered the other side of the tracks. You know, I know how how lucky I am and how how well I have it. Uh, and. I. I appreciate, you know, like, man, you're in the service. On on Fourth of July and Memorial Day and Veterans Day, you know, when when there's an event, and everybody says, "Okay, I want all the veterans to stand up. Let's give these guys a round of applause." And people will look at me. uh you can't tell right now, but I'm reasonably physically fit. I, I have a little bit of a, like a military vibe to me, so people look at me oh, and he's a lot of kids morning jogger. assume <laughs> assume that I was in the military. It's like, no, man, I'm not. I'm I'm a little bit ashamed to say that I've done nothing to deserve these freedoms that I have. I would, although I would like to say something worthy of freedom of speech, write something worthy of freedom of the press, know people worthy of freedom of association. And, uh, you know, somebody worked really hard and a lot of people sacrificed their lives so I could enjoy these freedoms. I'm going to take advantage of them and honor them. Uh, so that, <laughs> And I could go into way more yeah. detail for the song, but the song just kind of fun. And here it's
1: the it world is. of the little wretches. The world of the little wretches. The morning jogger, Robert Wagner, in the building. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit more than a morning
2: jogger. <laughs> oh, okay, okay,
1: <laughs> I see you. Send me a clip let me stop.
0: Go down, uh, one of our political candidates announced uh, his running mate down in Market Square. Come- I don't want to mention his name. Because Dave says that we should stand above the fray of politics, and I, I'm... Oh, Frederick Nietzsche said that. What oh, 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 was wasn't the fray of politics? He said to the ephemeral babble. Of politics. The ephemeral babble. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, when he was down there, this this candidate, he read a Langston Hughes poem. Did you happen to catch that? Now, I happen to know, being you know a college guy, that uh, Langston Hughes subscribed to an unusual political philosophy which, again, we want to stay above the ephemeral babble of politics, so I'm not going to talk about his political philosophy, except for that my favorite Langston Hughes poem is called Good Morning Revolution. I'm lucky I was born too late to be drafted, and uh, I was old early enough to not have to fight in any any of this Persian Gulf stuff, so I have never really done anything to earn the freedoms that we enjoy. Uh, But I would like to honor the people who have sacrificed for my freedom by perhaps someday... Uh, saying something worthy of freedom of speech writing something worthy of freedom of the press knowing people worthy of freedom of association and uh, you know making freedom at least worth having All of my friends turned into fanatics With terrible secrets hidden up in their attics Closets full of skeletons and old bones They only bring out to play with when nobody's home All of my friends are on somebody's list of Undesirables and anarchists It's not even safe to admit that you're one of my friends my friends no cause and effect we're notably known for abuse and neglect we're natural targets we're perfect to blame none of my friends ever runs out of shame all of my friends are taking some kind of rap but your biggest weapon is your handicap nothing much good ever happens to none of my friends We're carving a niche Between the dust and the ether Walking in circles Living alone We're stuck in a ditch But I'm a believer I don't know much Except right from wrong Oh, what comedy Oh, what torture Oh, what stories we will tell Someday, someday has to lose face we're walking in beauty we're walking in grace we're marching like sheep to the slaughterhouse blade we're the prize-winning herd at the macy's parade none of my friends ever made the first team if you're going to hell gotta go to extremes gently down the stream go. none of my friends In rarefied air We're the high priest of culture We kneel down for a prayer For the lesbian couples And their turkey basters And the amateur, the connoisseur Cyanide tasters All of my friends Wind scattered and blown. Never get too close to the foot of the throne. But they're the best people I've ever known. We're carving a niche between the dust and the ether. Walking in circles, living alone. We're stuck in a ditch, but I'm a believer. I don't. Except right from wrong. Oh, what comedy! Oh, what torture! Oh, what score, as we will tell someday, 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 someday.
1: All of my friends, uh, 20th song, acoustic version on the Little Wretches' new album that has just dropped this July 1st. So remember, I was in the gym. I was in the gym and sometimes you got to get focused. And while I'm deep inside of you, in your head, I am not... Turning around that intro to all my friends identified that you identify yourself as always, whatever your views were, and you stood authentic to that. Another thing is that I do respect the other view, but my view counts. As well. And the thing is, as 2020 is the time where we have identified (laughs) who the fuck our friends were, excuse me, Um, that really touched me in a way that I had to remember that sometimes the other side, regardless of the point of view, is targeted versus viewed as another person. And it was always this thing, even though the album is there, and I did some more research and and, and of yours and, and your friends and your collaborations that you've done. The reason for the dark writing for me, the dark writing, is because those are the stories that needed the light.
2: Wow, thank you.
1: and and I've really loved it now a lot of people don't get this and I have to remind them again and again that my favorite genre is folk for a reason it is the authenticity of this country it is these stories that come from the porch that are remembered for many lifetimes the all of my friends if you guys have stood here and actually listened, then you understand what I'm What I'm saying is there's another side to this story that people are always afraid to talk about. And you know what? I'll talk to you about it because I'm going to identify my friends the way that you identify my friends. So you can understand where I'm coming from. Am I crazy for thinking that about this song? No
2: no well uh, th- like i said there there's there's a little little story behind uh, behind each little little couplet of it, but you know you mentioned the thing about the light and the dark that the, the album that that I'm working on right now that I thought would be done by now, but it's not done yet uh one of like the keynote songs has a line uh the poem was originally written by a woman named Annette Dietz, but the opening line is "Some days the best I can do is clear a path for light mm-hmm. uh." You know, and like, man, that, that's a line that'll stick with you. Uh, the, 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 you know, I, I know people, well, like, you know, I told you, I, you know, I work with kids and, you know, you, you like juvenile delinquents will gravitate towards each other and drug addicts will gravi- gravitate towards each other. Like, well, well, how, how does, what's, what's the source of that magnetism is you want to be around other people that understand you where you don't always have to explain yourself. Yes. And, you know, one of the reasons why I get along with everybody is like, man, you don't, you don't, if you're mad about something, you don't have to explain anything to me. Don't, you don't, don't worry about explaining it to me. I'm with you. You know, just tell me what I can do to help. And if all I can do is just hang out and be with you, then I'll hang out and be with you. Yeah. But, uh, you don't have to explain yourself to me. I, your, your, your reason's legit. Uh, and, and it's, and it's funny how, you know, people find a way. I mean, uh,
1: People categorize. who
2: suffered so, so much worse than yeah. I have, who've had, and and they found a way to deal with it and, and survive and flourish even. Uh, so that's that's my thing about all of my friends. There, there's a line in there about your biggest weapon is your handicap. You know, I, I've known people oh, who man. says, "Okay, you called us my weakness. Well, watch me turn it into my strength." You know, uh, that's I'm not going to be anybody's victim. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Big shout-out to everybody listening. Tune in to QSA Radio.com. I'm with the unsigned artist, Robert Wagner from The Little Wretches. We're discussing the album that has just dropped. The link is in the chat for those who are uh, wait, waiting to hit that follow button in that stream. Live at the Mattress Factory, The Little Wretches, Songs of the Land of Pitbulls, and Poker Machines. Now, you can go to thelittlewretches.com and check out All their albums, all their art, all their, oh, my God, there's so much songs. (laughs) You guys have been compared to so many legendary people, uh, unforgettable legends. Um, And to me, I'm just sitting here in the gym, like, looking tough. (laughs) Talking about, did you guys hear that? And I, you know, I got I got my headphones on. And uh-huh. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? He literally said that. You open up this album with "Dark Times." Um, I think that anybody right now that's living, and I say that because some of us are not here. Um, I I when you when you open up with "Dark Times," I said. This is exactly what I was ready to tell my grandchildren. This is exactly what I was... You don't know about the 2000s. Like, you know, know, I was ready. I was trying to figure out how I was going to tell them. Is this dark times something to what is reflection of what's going on today?
2: Well, the... the I have a couple of different stories about where that comes from, but there's actually a German uh, poet named Bertolt Brecht. He's the guy who wrote Mack the Knife and, you know, uh, a play called the Three Penny Opry. So the, it's actually a line from, from one of his poems that I based the song on. In the future, they won't ask why the times were dark. They'll ask why were their poets silent. And uh, mm. the, the, the subtext of it, though, is that in the future, things will be better. And they'll be looking back on us like, oh, man, those those poor, pathetic people, how stupid they were. They didn't know how, you know. So that's that's the real that's the unspoken part of it is that it, it completely 100 percent believes that in the future things will be so much better that they'll look back on us like we're living in the dark ages. Uh
1: We're going to take one more break, real quick, with that song, and then we're going to play a little game together. Big shout out to everybody listening. Little Wretches, Robert Wagner, Dark Times. The intro to the songs from the land Pitbulls and Poker Machines.
0: Although in the future they'll say these were dark times Although in the future they'll say we were violent Although in the future they'll say these were dark times The leaders were deaf and their poets were silent Although in the future they'll say these were dark times When people with vision simply close their eyes Although in the future they'll say these were dark times All those were silent unless they told lies I'm talking to you, always flirting with danger. I'm talking to you, titillated by fear. I'm talking to you, always flirting with danger. You won't flirt with me, you're afraid to come near. I'm looking at you, a new wave of voyeurs, a massive black hole, my head lazy. Talking to you Always flooding with danger I'm wasting my breath sometimes I don't know why I'm talking to you But my words fall on deaf ears Maybe it's my words That are deafening I'm talking to you Cause I have to do something And this, for the moment Is all I can do These were done They'll say these were dark times They'll be torn between pity and flat disbelief they wonder how we could allow this to happen The poets were silent And the truth was asleep
1: A little Wretches, Dark Times. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, as it started, um, I could only think about you know these days. Um, but right now, we did find out that it was based off of uh, poet, and, and it's true. Some of them right now are even silent. Um, big shout out to everybody listening, Tune in to QSZRadio dot com. Robert Wagner, we are about to go into our fast round.
0: Uh, we have now started our fast round, where our guests are asked a few questions about themselves that they wouldn't right. expect us to ask. Don't worry, it's not like that. <laughs> Hope you didn't think we were that underground. It's
1: not that serious. I just, I just love playing that. <laughs> so, uh, Robert, uh, thank you so much for uh, introducing you, you, your, your, your band to our audience. Um and I really do love the music this is This is really good stuff. I hope to hear from you uh as things get somewhat back to normal um what we 're gonna do here is we 're gonna ask some funny questions, maybe like twenty of them um <laughs> they 're not too crazy um Do you have a boat? I do not okay, uh, but although
2: if- where I live where I live. I live right along this creek. We have about 10 kayaks underneath our house, (laughs) but none of them are mine.
1: Uh, What would you name your boat if you had one? What I name my boat? The Unsinkable. (laughs) Okay. okay. Grab
2: an oar. Grab an oar.
1: (laughs) What is the closest thing to real magic?
2: Oh, dear. The closest thing to real magic is Sun rising in the morning you know it's the miracle of life uh, and I don't necessarily believe I think magic magic's a figurative thing you know I, I, I think the, the miracles that are all around us make magic look like child's play you know
1: who is the messiest person you know
2: Ooh. <laughs> well. I can't name them, but I, I have a couple of kids that I work with that. Uh, it, it, it's like that Charlie Brown cartoon, Pig Pen. Wherever they go, wow. they leave a little dust cloud. Oh my god! So I, I know a couple of kids like that.
1: What do you think will finally break the internet?
2: What will finally break the internet? Oh, now now you're getting me into my sinister territory. Um, <laughs> it's late. Let's go.
1: Let me stop. All right. Well, <laughs>
2: you know, what, what's going to break the Internet is that uh, the powers that be are going to turn it off. Mm. You know, I, I, in fact, I just heard now this this is this is probably not what you were hoping for. But I was just listening to some news today where. Could be false, you know. I, false I think I, I think
1: we're getting. I think somebody I heard the
2: same in thing. Cuba, Cuba bought some technology from China, or got some technology from China that allowed them to turn off the internet, the internet. for yep. their protesters. Yeah, and that's that's what's going to break the
1: internet. That's man. super sad, by the way. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh What's the most useless talent that you have?
2: Oh man. <laughs> I, I, I'm a know-it-all, Dave. I, I hate to admit it, and I have a couple of friends who will remind me of that. Like, man, I can remember things.
1: It's, I'm sorry,
2: I, I I know more
1: useless things. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that you say that because the first thing that one of uh, one of our listeners said was, "He such he has such a great memory." Because the first one of the first comments we received today from Virginia from she loves tats on Twitch that was really crazy. Um, What would be on the gag reel of your life?
2: Oh, yikes! Uh, Well, I mean, I think it. It wouldn't necessarily be a gag. It would be fun. It would be me and my cousins at a birthday party standing up on a little hill with tennis rackets pretending we were playing guitars, you know, singing along with some, you know, record that was that was playing. That would, uh, I don't know if that would be a gag reel or not. But.
1: <laughs> no. Where's the worst worst smelling place you've been? The worst
2: smelling place I've been?
1: I try not to remember those. <laughs> uh,
2: well, yeah, I remember when I was a kid, uh, my uncle took us to a dairy farm. Ugh. And the first time, I mean, not now it, I, I've learned to appreciate yeah, the yeah. smell. But man, my first time on a dairy farm, I thought I was going to throw up.
1: What celebrity would you rate as a perfect 10? And its you know, I understand you have a, highly, a big history. So this doesn't matter if it's...
2: A celebrity that I would rate as a perfect ten. Mm-hmm. Oh my! Uh, well, I like the actress Kate Blanchett. Okay, but she she yeah, I might want to rewind her. You know, a decade or so, but uh, <laughs>
1: <you know. laughs> oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> Rob, Rob in the gym flexing like these little guys don't understand. I got them. like being the gym. okay. What's a body part that you wouldn't mind losing?
2: A body part that I wouldn't mind losing? Man, I'm not giving
1: up any of my body parts.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what: you could have my ear lobes, but you can't have my ears. You get the love uh,
1: the lobes. You ever had them pierced? No, no,
2: nah, no.
1: Nah, I don't nah, even I don't have, have any. Like we just yeah, I got no
2: tattoos. I got so many scars, man. I don't need any piercings.
1: Yeah, you got no tattoos. I just heard you that.
2: Got no tattoos, uh, no piercings. Just uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, okay.
2: Every now and then, I think like if I did, what would I get? Oh, come on.
1: Yeah, I. I got a big tattoo, but it's just like my kids' faces. so sometimes they're fat and sometimes they're skinny it's 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 (laughs) like (laughs) because fluctuation which fictional character would be the most boring to meet in real life
2: fictional character that would be boring in real life oh Oh man! See, I mean, you're here. You're doing radio, and I'm giving you dead <laughs> air. That's that's no
1: good. Don't worry, we'll edit this later. <laughs> fictional, fictional, this ch- is live.
2: See, all the fictional characters that that immediately come to mind are, are like exciting characters. Uh, a boring fictional character. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't, and, I don't, I don't, and, and, I don't.
2: Like if it was real in real life, the the boring fictional character would would be I don't remember his name, but the owner of the baseball team in the movie The Natural. Uh, have you ever seen the oh. movie The Natural? Roy Hobbs, uh, the guy who owns the baseball team, he'd probably, he probably sits there in the dark all day, and I think he'd
1: be boring. What is the best and worst purchases you've ever made?
2: Oh, uh, uh, Oh, I hate to do this to Martin Guitar. Uh, oh, snap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I hate to do this to them, but I I have a Martin D thirty five that is currently in the shop for like the fourth time. Wow. Uh, and even though they have a lifetime guarantee, and they honor that, they honor that. But when they take it, they have it for six months to get you know before they what before they get get the job done. Uh, and I know people who have Martin guitars that have never been in their cases. They get have been taking a beating for thirty years, and and they're better now than the day that they were bought. And here my guitar that's been babied and and coddled, and and every time you turn around, it's it's falling apart. So
1: wow Maybe i, I have, took that a little deeper, deeper than i should have yeah. <laughs> but then again it i took so. that so deeper you see what you do to me like yeah. i feel like you're writing
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so Did martin you? guitar best the best thing i ever got worst thing i ever got
1: uh, nice <laughs> I don't, if you had to change your name what would your name be Oh, no. Cause I know. Listen, the first time I said I got Robert Wagner coming on the air, it always comes up the actor. Like yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah. Doesn't that well, get annoying? It,
2: well, yeah. That's 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 one of the reasons why I throw that Andrew in there. I, I, I've been going by Robert Andrew Wagner. Yes, a, yes. A lot. And uh, and I always always throw in the little wretches too, because that's another thing that confuses people. Is is like. You know, all my music is put out by The Little Wretches, but most of my performances are just me. So uh, I'm always trying to remind people, uh, I'm Robert Andrew Wagner of The Little Wretches. And if I had to change my name, there, there's this great Russian short story called The Seven That Were Hanged by uh, a guy named Alexiev. And uh, so I was thinking, or Andreev, Andreev. So I'm thinking maybe mm-hmm. since so my middle name is Andrew, uh, I might go with Robert Andreev.
1: Would be mine. My- the V at the end. <laughs> Robert, Robert the lessons are coming, people. All right. Um, what is your biggest screw up in the kitchen?
2: Oh man!
1: Don't say noodles. <laughs> uh,
2: okay. Well, you know I'm a musician, right? So I've been uh, there. Have been times when I've had nothing. You know where I would be living on five dollars a week. You know, where, you know, I look back at all the kindness that was shown to me. Uh, but one time, you know, I went to this Lebanese restaurant and they had dandelion greens. I'm like, oh, man, dandelion greens. You can eat them things. I got dandelions growing all over the place in my neighborhood. So I went out and picked. <laughs> dandelion greens from the yard and I brought them inside and tried to cook them and I'm telling you they were not edible but oh. I don't throw out food so I forced down these dandelion greens from the yard what? and I must say I'm a little ashamed of myself yeah. oh. <laughs> they were so tough and so bitter and I added vinegar and I cooked them more and then I fried them I did everything that nothing could save these dandelion greens
1: oh my god <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying that I'm not trying that <laughs> oh my god what quote or saying do people spout but is complete BS
2: oh man I thought you were going to ask me about one of my quotes this complete <laughs> <BS>. <laughs> uh, I, I hear people say uh I don't know. It's, it's not so much a quote. It's just like a, a figure of speech. You A lot of times you'll hear people say it is what it is. I'm like, oh, well, that helps. It is what it is. You How? know,
1: I <laughs> hate that expression, saying, statement. I, like, yeah. people say don't use the word hate. I hate it. It is what it is, is as if you gave up.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, uh I don't... uh uh, I probably said it too because it, it's, it's, know, so ca- yeah, it's, it's it's. It's so casual, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No,
2: so that's so I, I that's not that much one. of a quote though. That's not much of a quote.
1: I feel that one though. If you could uh, know the absolute and total truth to one question, what question would you ask?
2: Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. I'm right. You're making me thinking, and I'm, I'm trying <laughs> this to avoid the dead, the dead. This is why states. I love this
1: because you know it's yeah. like if I tell you, hey, so how long you've been doing this music thing? You got to answer for it. If you got, you know, it's like you know, there's so many things you got answers for, but the question
2: well, uh, You know what I would if if I had. Uh, no, man, see, it's getting way too deep. I'm I'm getting, getting all twisted. But, I'd like to know the truth of what happened to my father's father.
1: You mm. know,
2: the, he, you know they, it was just one of those things that was never talked about. I knew that my dad, uh, his dad died when he was young, and they used to tell us that he couldn't take the pressure. And when we were kids, we just assumed that man— because, you know, we live in a steel town. We, we believed he must have been a steel worker and had a heart attack. And then, you know, we since learned that that wasn't true. Uh, and I just remember every Father's Day, uh, we would visit my grandfather's grave. My dad would go there and, you know, trim the weeds, plant flowers. And uh, he couldn't get – usually, I, I remember the one time he got his brother and my cousins to come along to visit the grave. It was like a big emotional thing. And you know we were just kids, so I didn't understand. I would really like to know the truth about my grandfather. You know what uh, what happened, uh, and wow. how how different my dad's life would have been if if he'd have lived.
1: Big shout out to that Robert Wagner from The Little Wretches that is our fast round right there thank you so yeah. much oh, man, I brother. got so heavy though I'm
2: sorry <laughs> no it's okay I love it
1: I love it they love it we're good um, so Robert Wagner The Little Wretches album is out right now I got you guys if you guys didn't see it it's, it's it's on the link it's on YouTube now it's on Facebook and it's on Twitch That's everywhere we're streaming from right now Live at the Mattress Factory. Songs from the land of pit bulls and poker machines. Uh, you can go to the Little the dot com, and get more information. Follow them all over the place. I did see you got an Instagram. I don't know how that's going for yeah, you. I yet. don't do anything <laughs> on Instagram.
2: Uh, you know, everybody tells you you're supposed to be on all the platforms.
1: No, that's tiring. And, <laughs>
2: yeah, man. I, 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 uh, and yeah, then I see some of the podcasters, and they'll have like ten different links like, oh my, I, I can't I, I just make this stuff. I, I write try to write the songs, try to record it and and you know and perform. And that's that's really what my focus is right now is getting getting back out there and uh, performing live. Uh, and you know it, there's so much of what what you do when you're enter, an entertainer can be like canned and prepared for. But for me, uh like I'll have little bits even even in this in this conversation we have had i I've, there are words that have come out of my mouth that I've said before, you yeah. know because but but I like that feeling of being in front of uh, people who never heard me who don't know me, don't really know what to expect, and connecting with them yeah. you know you, you asked in, in the in that question round, there was something about magic, and that that connecting with strangers over, you know, an experience that is in one of the songs. That's that's like a magical thing. Uh, so or getting I, uh, into like this thing that'll happen, man. <laughs> it's like you'll be in a place where you're not like the feature attraction, and you're looking out there, and there's people with their drinks, and they're going about their business, and then you start to play. And you just kind of like, okay, they're not ready for this, but here it comes. And you'll just see all of a sudden everybody turns around and looks at the stage. Like, yep, did it again. Da da
1: Lovely. So, uh, I got a friend from Chicago, uh, Edwina. She says, thank you, Robert, for being here. Um, and Nick's out of the UK says, thank you, Robert. Even if I only caught a little bit of till in the chat, I stood along. And um, a lot of people have said so many com- comments. Lori, I forget where Lori is from. She loves the fact that you would name your boat the Unsinkable. <laughs> <laughs> and agrees with you on the dairy farm being one of those uh, smelliest places. Um, But my show has always been this dedication to the unsigned artist and you have an extreme discography the extreme discography doesn't come from giving up it comes yeah, from Yeah yeah
2: but can I can I chime in here man Yeah 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 Go ahead. Yeah yeah when, when we started out that was the dream of getting signed you know uh yeah. and the, even uh, you know the wait, wait 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 theory, wait wait
1: Hold up, My thing, and, and I'm not cutting you off, and I know you're not versing me. My question is to you, what would you tell these startups, people who are about to give up, people who are about to throw the towel, what would you tell them? What would be your advice for uh, especially somebody who has – in Pennsylvania, you're a legend. All right. Let's get that right. So all yeah, this yeah. stuff about yeah, I'm not a singer and all that, yeah, well you can pack up the place. Yeah, what yeah, would but, you tell okay, what, what you would getting, you tell, where what you you tell that, yeah. these artists that are coming up as, as 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 you know, as a long career that you have?
2: well well i mean the world has changed you don't need to be signed anymore you know that's you you can you can make deals you can make alliances you can work with people but you got to do the work you know you can't wait for somebody else to do it for you like i I, like i've known uh, what the the difference between me and a a lot of the people that started out when i did is like they were making demos that were somebody else was going to put out like no, nah, man, we're making it. We're putting it out. And once we recoup our investment, it's 100 percent profit. You know, I mean, there was a somebody gave me a book a while back. I think it was called Dreaming Out Loud. And it's the truth about these country music stars. And there was a guy who had like a number one hit. Uh, I forget which artist it was, but he he, he basically made forty thousand dollars. was like, oh, hey, man, I could have made forty thousand dollars driving a truck. But. I'd rather be a country music star, yeah. you know, uh, the if, if you're waiting uh, for, for the right situation to arise, the, the right situation might never arise. You got to get to work. Get, you, you know, and th- this is biblical, you know, put your shoulder to the plow and don't look back. Do the work. And, and, and the thing is, is, is if you have any quit in you at all, then don't even start you know, because, uh, what, what's the point of uh, one of the songs, I think it's the last song, uh, on, on the CD. It's called may you never be the child of a realist. Mm. And it's funny cause I'm in my sister's house right now. And her daughter is here at one time. Our band was rehearsing and, you know, we gave her a little harmonica. She and it's like, wow, she's actually playing in time with us. She's, You know She's got a little bit of musical talent. And so when we take a break, one of the people in the band says, oh, Ashley, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Ashley says, well, I want to be a singer, but I want to go to beauty school so I have something to fall back on. Like, who put that idea in your head, have something to fall back on? If you give yourself something to fall back on, you will fall back. Don't, don't, you know, man, no safety net. Go for it with everything you got. And you might not end up where you intended to, to go, but you're going to go somewhere. If you're waiting for, for the right circumstances to arise, at least that's, that's the way I do it anyhow is, is, is do the work. Just do the work. And, you know, another, another guy who's really kind of an inspiration, uh, his most famous book was called On the Road, Jack Kerouac. Jack Kerouac, had written seven novels before his first, before on the road was published. And he was known among other, he was a legend among other writers, Okay, but hadn't been published. And like, man, the, the confidence and belief he must've had to keep, not just one novel, not just two, seven novels he'd written before the first one finally gets published. And, uh, you know, and now he's part of like the, the fabric of American culture. So uh, just do the work. People, people don't don't make excuses. You know, you, you got you got to find your thing. And sometimes treading water is not a bad thing to do. You, sometimes it, it feels like you're spinning your wheels or you're not going anywhere. You know, don't whatever you do, don't quit. You got to find what you're good at and then get better at it. You know, be better tomorrow than you are
1: today. Nice. Big shout out to everybody listening. Robert Wagner from The Little Regges. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us. And um as promised, I will do the uh backwards. This is the sixth song of the remains of Joe Macrat. And I will definitely talk to you soon you don't have to stay on with us if you don't have if you want to um i do appreciate the time that you took to talk to us and bringing us back with a lot of history um i didn't want to come and fill your ears with the comparisons that you normally hear i want you to i wanted you to know you you're you be in the gym you know how it is when you focused on the music and you play, repeat, and you need to hear it again. you guys got a classic here and and I do appreciate especially the timing of this when we're all going back to some concerts soon and i right. and I hope to see you guys there. Thank you so much, Rob
2: oh Dave, thank you thank, you. Uh, thank I, you I look forward to this all day. wasn't sure what to
0: expect. This was great. <laughs> you got a good thing going.
1: Oh man, thanks so much. The remains
0: of Joe Magerack's nephew in a casket shaped like a barge parades through the streets of the river town with a shockingly small entourage. A weeping contingent of sobbing old union men dutifully follow behind. As he stoically dumped in the community pit with a liberal spade full of lime. He stoically dumped in the community pit with a liberal spade full of lime. Joe Magarak's son in law's cousin takes a staple gun and posters the town and offers reward for any information. Where have our union jobs gone? On the overnight shift at the UniMart, she makes a quarter above minimum wage. I think I can, I think I can, God damn it, yes I can. So would you if you had bills to pay? I think I can, I think I can, God damn it, yes I can. So would you if you had bills to pay? Joe Magarack's school teacher's grandson Spent six years in the federal pen He could have gone free without serving time But a man shouldn't rat out his friends He maintains he was only a businessman Like any other businessman Six years he grieves I think I can, I think I can, God damn it, yes I can. So would you if you did business with thieves. I think I can, I think I can, God damn it, yes I can. So would you if you did business with thieves. Joe's barber's granddaughters adopted son raises pit bulls in the garage. They're the cutest, friendliest, sweet little pups. They're the playfulest, loyalist dogs Then he fights them for a wager in a blood-spattered alley They live to fight, it's part of their breed I think I can, I think I can, you oughta see them go You wanna talk about a will to succeed It's no worse than any other sport People pay to see prize fighters bleed Go ask the riders undercover Hey, detectives, go detect Ask the cop who made the bust Ask the judge who rigged the trial Ask the DA who he's trying to protect Someone's getting rich from the drugs and the murder Someone's getting rich from the war You have any questions, better keep them to yourself What you drag my name into this for one answer's, go follow the money trail We won't be seeing you around here no more Joe Magarak never had to pay for a drink in this town He never paid for a meal Joe Magarac didn't need no college or goddamn books He was born to make steel Now he's rushing to the store in the middle of the night for detergent and diapers oh no you're 80 cents short come on lend me 80 cents it's only 80 cents come on sorry joe you're 80 cents short come on lend me 80 cents it's only 80 cents come on sorry joe They should have never us through the mic. Here we go! He's killing it. What's happening? He's so in love
2: and he's mad about it. Mad love. That's why we say. Come on, man, you already know. Mad love.